0: All right, and welcome to this special episode of Real Estate Fight Club. This is a series called, What Would You Do?, where we talk about professional, professional standards and ethics committee cases and violations, and here with me today is Rachel Real from Rachel Reel Real Estate. Hey, Rachel. Good
1: morning, Jen. How are you?
0: Good. I'm excited for our case today.
1: Yes, it's a little interesting. It kind of talks about um, negotiating commissions and when can it be done when when you're talking about a transaction. So that's kind of what we're going to talk about today. So we're going to talk about this as it relates to Article 3. And Article 3 states, Realtors shall cooperate with other brokers except when cooperation is not in the client's best interest. The obligation to cooperate does not include the obligation to share commissions, fees, or to otherwise compensate another broker. So think about the fact, too, that when we talk about this as it relates to Article 3, cooperation and compensation are two different things. Yes. So cooperation means that you're working with another agent. Compensation is obviously the monetary factor of that.
0: You don't have to cooperate and work with another agent if it's not in the client's best interest.
1: Correct. Have you actually had a
0: case about that?
1: I don't think we have yet. Like I don't do think we have yet. not in their
0: best interest. I'm mean, like, that agent's a jerk. It is not Well,
1: Well, our case, our case example, will we'll kind of explain that a little bit too. So we're going to talk about this as it relates to standard of practice 3-3, which says uh, standard of practice 3-3 does not preclude the listing broker and cooperating broker from entering into an agreement to change the cooperative compensation. So... The, the code of ethics says you have to cooperate. What's that? It
0: can't be part of the
1: contract. It's never part of the contract. Right. It's never part of that. It just says that the code of ethics is never going to get in the way of you negotiating or agreeing to change compensation between you and another broker. Okay. Okay. So here's our case study for today. So this says, Realtor A signs a listing agreement with seller B for the sale of her home. The home is priced at $1 million, and Realtor A files the listing with the MLS, offering a certain percentage of cooperative compensation. Realtor C sees the listing and knows it would be a perfect fit for her buyers, but unfortunately it's out of their price range. She discusses it with them, and they ask her to submit an offer of $900,000. Realtor C explains the risks in submitting an offer so far below asking price, but the buyers are in love with the home and ask her to submit the offer anyway. Realtor C submits the offer to Realtor A who discusses it with seller B. Seller B is concerned about accepting an offer so far below the home's asking price. So Realtor A offers to reduce her commission as articulated in the listing agreement by 1% if seller B wants to accept the offer of 900,000 and ensure a quick sale. So the listing agent and the the seller are discussing, you know, here's here's an offer. I know it's $100,000 less than you want, but if I reduce my commission, by 1% that Uh, will put more money in your pocket. Your commission is not
0: part of the buyer and seller
1: negotiating with their buyer. I would agree with you that I I 100% agree with that. So Realtor A informs Realtor C that their offer was accepted but that Realtor A is now being paid 1% less in commission. I don't even know how I feel about that being part of that conversation because I feel like that's a conversation between the listing agent and the seller, not the listing of the, the, seller's agent and the seller or the buyer. So I'm not sure how I feel about that. So listen, she explains to realtor C it seems like both of our clients are happy with the price. If it means the sale moves quickly, can't argue with that. Would you be willing to split the difference on my reduced commission? And I pay you a half a percent less in cooperative compensation than I specified to the MLS. So remember that the offer of compensation between cooperating brokers is done via the MLS. Right. So what you put in there is what that buyer's agent understands that they're working for when they show and potentially sell that property. Realtor C agrees to accept half a percent less than the commission specified in the MLS. After closing, Realtor C files an ethics complaint against Realtor A alleging a violation of Article 3 as illustrated by Standard Practice 3-2. What do you think oh,
0: yeah. <laughs> okay so i think one we agree that the as an agent you have a fee that you charge for the service and the seller agrees to pay the fee or not it is not right big. and
1: and they do that well before you start marketing the property well before anything it's it is, just it is yeah here is my fee it's not contingent upon all these other factors
0: right and, and i think we did a, an actual real estate type club episode on this in the beginning but it is not yeah it's it's not it's not negotiable later on that's fine. right
1: i have i have seen instances where agents listing agents will say here's my fee it's x percent However if we get it under contract in the first two weeks or one week or whatever it might be some predetermined time frame their compensation may drop a little bit
0: and that's fine whatever you agree whatever your right fee is like, that's fine do whatever you want but
1: right like,
0: it's right done ahead of, it's done ahead of time right like this is what I'm going to do for you seller and here's the fee associated however you want to do it so, And then secondly, if you are an agent that has agreed that hey, if we get a lower price and then I will reduce the commission by such and such, then that's on you. You should yes, I agree. Ask your colleague to take a reduction when you've already told them what the fee would they would be paid
1: 100 percent. right.
0: I agree. Okay, so then the question is: Is is I really think that once that buyer agent agreed to take a reduction, they can't then come back and say, "Well, it's a violation. They should have just sent (laughs)
1: out." Absolutely, absolutely. Now you also cannot take compensation and make it part of a negotiation. So that's a little bit of a different. That's another standard of practice. That's that's not part of this. They're not saying, "Hey, I'm going to write this offer, or I'm going to. We're under contract. I'm going to cancel this offer." Right. If you don't give me X, you can't extort people. Let's just be clear there.
0: Just <laughs> I, saying. Why are we in real estate? We I don't. No, I don't know. <laughs> I never really thought about that, but yeah, that's what it is, right? Oh, one hundred percent. This is so dramatic. I know. Should we take a break?
1: Let's take a break and then we'll talk about the the findings
0: here. Exactly. All right. So, the two um, partners that I want to tell you about today the first one is Cyberbacker. So, Monica and I really love Cyberbacker. They help us with a lot of our social media posting, um, our newsletter, just different, like, tedious tasks, especially marketing. It really helps us out. So, if you go to cyberbacker.com, you decide you want to be in a sign up with them, use code Club. And then the other one is our coach, John Kitchens. So, he's it. Well, he's my coach, he's not Monica's. But um, I think everybody needs a coach so that it will help reveal your blind spots and why, if you're not where you wanna be, it will help you get there faster. So if you go to coachcode.com and sign up, he's got a lot of um, classes and different things on down All right, Rachel.
1: Okay, so are we in agreement that the, the change in the compensation is between the listing brokerage and the seller? And really, shouldn't shouldn't you shouldn't be looping another agent into your negotiations between your and you and your client? No. Yeah. Think about the fact that these are two different sets of people. I, I, so you've got a, yeah. a listing brokerage and a seller and a buyer's broker and a buyer. Th- those two agreements are are this. They, th- there's a line down the middle here. They don't need to cross, and they shouldn't.
0: They shouldn't cross. Yeah. And I think like if... okay, I have two schools about like one. I think it's okay to ask maybe i guess i don't really think it is but like also i would probably i mean i don't know i probably would ask too but also think think
1: about think about this if you were an employee of a regular just some you know any company and you were agreeing to work for 15 dollars an hour and then when it came to payday they asked you hey i know you work we
0: said you'd work for 15 an hour would you take 10. right
1: my answer to that is no. (laughs) like and
0: that's the thing like the buyer's agent has to say no, when we saw it, I was under the impression that the fee to me would be this. So absolutely,
1: hold stand your ground a little bit, and 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 understand that if if for some reason the MLS is offering a compensation to you that's let that's less than what you would normally work for, then it's your responsibility to close the gap with your buyer. Correct. Yeah, a buyer agency agreement. Sorry, oh,
0: what? <laughs> oh, what? Agreement. Oh my. Right. I know
1: it's, it's a it's a crazy thought it's a totally crazy thought
0: yeah but I think like if I'm the buyer agent and the seller comes to me the seller's agent comes to me asking me about this commission in my head I am thinking well if I say no they're not going to take the client's offer is it worth- and
1: that's that is a violation of the code of ethics
0: yeah but how do you prove that
1: I think there's ways to prove it via documentation, timing, phone records. I mean, there's, there's all different kinds of ways you can build a timeline for these things, but you know, I mean, I think in this particular situation too, the, well, they were still, I don't know if they had it in writing and it doesn't say whether or not they had it in writing, but in a situation where. This say this purchase contract is in writing, signed off by both parties, and now the agent is saying, "Hey, would you take less?" No. Well, the answer is hell no, because now you've got a written, con- a written contract yeah. here that says, "No, this is this is what's going on." Now, again, I think if you are an agent, a buyer's agent, and you say, "Well, we're going to cancel this contract unless you offer us this," I think we have a bigger problem.
0: Or a seller's agent that says that either side. Right. Yeah. right.
1: If you can't agree to this, then we're going to cancel.
0: I think the listing agent, if they are renegotiating, they can always speak for themselves, the broker and themselves. Right. Um, And I don't think that they should just, yeah, I don't know. I agree. Well, like
1: you said, that's on you. If you want to agree to take a lower percentage, you have to be able and be willing to eat that if the other agent says no. And the other agent has every right to say no.
0: Yeah. And the question is, is like, should you even
1: ask? My opinion, no it's in black and white it's not like you're trying to negotiate something here that we don't know what the answer is right
0: exactly all right so but I, I don't think that based on I don't think that that agent was in violation because I don't know I just think that the buyer agent said yes and so they agreed and it was done
1: they agreed and it was done, right. So if they would have said no and then it did get done,
0: then yeah, I think it would be a violation. I don't know. Or exactly.
1: No, I, I, think that that's, I think that's a fair way to assess it. So at the hearing on the matter, Realtor C argued that by asking her to accept a half a percent less in cooperative compensation after the offer was submitted. So there, there's the thing. After it was already submitted, Realtor A was unilaterally modifying the compensation with regard to that transaction. The hearing panel disagreed and found no violation of Article 3, noting that Standard of Practice 3-3 specifically authorizes listing and cooperating brokers to enter into an agreement to change the compensation for a transaction at any time, and that the Code of Ethics would never interfere with the negotiation of commissions between listing and cooperating brokers. The panel also noted that Realtor C could have said no to the reduced commission, and in that instance, Realtor A would have been obligated to pay the commission stated in the MLS.
0: It's kind of a hard thing though, because I do imagine that they would feel like, well, if I say no, then this deal's
1: not going to happen to the client. Right, right. And I think if that if that I think if you if we went down that path and you kind of went, you know, took it step by step. And if that happened, I have to think two brokers designated managing brokers would be going would be getting involved. And having a conversation that, hey, this, you, you can't do this. And if you do this, you're going to find yourself in a big pickle.
0: Except that you're, right. Sure. I mean, right. That that could happen. Or it could just, your client then doesn't have a house. You know what I mean? I don't know. I mean, people get real picky about, they get real petty about things.
1: Yes, they do. Yes, they do. And in that situation too, as that agent who may be being asked to take less money um, than they normally would have and feeling like that may happen, I would agree that I would probably stick it out and then address it at the end of the, at the end of the transaction exactly. and try and recoup that from the other brokerage or yeah, I, I'm not really sure. Yeah. I mean, I think you sure you I, mean, I would ne- I would never do anything to jeopardize my client's ability to get a house that they wanted.
0: I know that's the thing, and it has happened where, like, I've you know been called and said, "Hey, they have a hard net that they need to get because of what they owe on the property." Right. But I've seen it with times where the agents have reduced their compensation, but the seller still gets a lot of money, and that's where the right. Hard- Robin is, where I'm like, well, why did you reduce your, I can see it if it's like the number is zero. Like, no, they're not making anything because of the O and their
1: situation. Right, like a short sale situation or an estate or something, right, where there there is no equity to be made at the closing of a property.
0: Right, but when there's a large amount of equity and the seller is just beating up the listing agent and so then in turn, the listing agent is asking for financial participation from the buyer's agent. It's like, no, like, no. why?
1: What is the point? No,
0: no. why am I just giving no. them money? They've already agreed to allow you to market the property for X amount and, and you, you right. have the charge. Then you told me what my fee was gonna be. I agreed to the fee. Why, why would I go for less?
1: I always laugh at the, the, as we kind of talked about earlier, when you have a listing agreement between a seller and a listing agent, and there's that verbiage in it that says if it sells within, you know, the first two weeks or a month or whatever, we'll reduce the fee. Well, isn't the whole point of selling it to be, I mean, it seems like it would be back backwards, right? <laughs> or if it
0: sells, then the sum of the times the sellers are like, well, if it sells fast and you want to price it and you're like, oh my God, I don't even want it. Right. I
1: feel like it's a not, right. It's, it's it gets, it gets funny, but you know, your, your whole job as a listing agent is to, market the property and sell it within the quickest, the shortest amount of time, the least amount of stress to the seller and at the most money to the seller, well, that is your job. So if you, if you're, you're taking a pay cut for doing your job really well, right, which makes no sense.
0: But right. sometimes sellers, they don't want to sell it. They don't want to sell it right away. It creates an issue for them. Right. And so like, that's the conversation is okay. Well, we either need to delay based on, right. based on market we need to make sure that we ask for our post-closing occupancy or delayed closing or there's options, right? But like There are some
1: options, right? And the private network is kind of where that, that's the only benefit I really see to the private network is for someone to be able to maximize or or capture, you know, some kind of quirky thing that they might need, a long timeline, a rent back, you know, a a closing, you know, we're in the middle of winter here. If I'd like a spring closing, then let's put it on the private network where maybe somebody else who's looking for a spring closing might be completely okay with that. I don't want to eat up market time, you know, for something like that when it doesn't make any sense. That's my only, the only positive I see to the private network. Yeah. I see a lot of, a lot of problems with it, but that's uh, one of my only, it's one of my only positives to it. That's it. I'm glad you can see yes. that. You're
0: such a ray of sunshine, Rachel. aren't I right (laughs) well um if people have a referral for you in Chicago or they have a question what's the best way to get a hold of you
1: best way to reach me is by cell phone at 630-542-8688 you can shoot me a text there anytime or via email at rreal at dealwithreal.com awesome
0: thanks for being on Rachel I'll see you well thanks
1: Jen yeah
0: if people want to see this case they can go to jennifermartling.com slash vault and there's a folder for what would you do See over in that case. All right. Thanks,
1: Rachel. Yeah. No problem. See you, Jen.